what's coming up now on Established in the Faith. Church can be a dangerous place, especially if that preacher's a snake and he's preaching poison to the people. He won't shell it down and tell it like it is. According to what the Word of God says, he does not deal with sin. He does not deal with Jesus dying on Calvary. He will not say that Jesus is the only way. Hello, neighbor, and welcome today to Established in the Faith. This is Pastor James Pierce of Friendship, Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina, and how so very pleased and happy we are to be with you today. Got a great message lined up for you. Hope you can stay with us for the next 30 minutes. If not, let me encourage you to go over to establishedinthefaith.com. There you can listen to today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. Well, we're going to go on into the message now. Hope and pray it'll be a blessing to you. Have your Bibles, turn with me please to Matthew chapter 3. Matthew chapter 3, we're going to pick it up in verse 7 today. Matthew chapter 3, verse 7. But when he, speaking of John the Baptist, when he saw that many of the Pharisees and Sadducees came to his baptism, he said unto them, O generation of vipers, who has warned you to flee from the wrath to come, bring forth therefore fruits, meat for repentance, and think not to say within yourselves, We have Abraham to our father. For I say unto you that God is able of these stones to raise up children unto Abraham." And now also the axe is laid unto the root of the trees. Therefore every tree which bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. And I want to stop right there and continue with the message we started last week. The preaching of John the Baptist. In the days leading up to the first coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, Israel was more educated in the law of God than they had ever been. The little 12-year-old boys, by the time they were 12 years of age, they could recite the entire book of Leviticus. The religious leadership of Israel, they made the law into salvation. They added to the law. And their traditions and these laws made up of men was more important than what God said in His Word. Israel of that day was steeped in false doctrine. And God's answer to the false doctrines of that day was the preacher. Understand this. That is God's way. It has always been God's way to send the preacher, even today. Diana, if you will, pull it up on the screen. We looked at this a little bit last week, but I want to look at it a little bit closer today. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. We'll begin there. And he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, and teachers. Each one of these perform a function in the body of Christ. Each one of them are desperately needed 
today, right now. You say, well, Brother James, including the apostles? Oh, yes. If it wasn't for what the apostles wrote in this Bible today, none of the rest of us, me included, would have anything to go on. Let me tell you this. Any preacher, anyone who stands up and says, I'm an apostle, I'm this, that, or the other, but they tell you something and they say, well, now, you're not going to find this in the Bible. Cut them off. You don't need to be listening to them. If you've got one standing behind you, pull pit in your church, and he says such as that, well, you ain't going to find this in the Bible. You need to give him a stiff kick between the pockets. Because... False doctrine is introduced. If it is not founded on this Bible that I hold in my hands, you don't need to be listening to it. And churches today are full of it. Their airwaves are full of false doctrine today. Apostles, prophets. Do we have prophets today? What are prophets? They're preachers of righteousness. And along with their preaching of righteousness you will find at times they're able to foretell the future well brother james i heard this man who said he was a prophet and he said new york city was going to burn down to the ground in 19 whatever and it didn't happen well he's a false prophet then and when it comes to a false prophet you don't need to be listening to it let me go ahead and tell you something else i was in a church service one time the preacher claimed to be a prophet pointed at a fellow in the congregation and said, Sir, stand up. You got five twenties, two tens, two fives, and a dollar bill in your wallet. Opened up his wallet, and there it was. Woo! Prophet. No. That's witchcraft. People fall for signs and wonders and miracles and that sort of thing. But you can always tell a prophet by the message that he preached, he is a preacher of righteousness. And if he predicts something and it comes to pass exactly as he said, then he's a true prophet of God. We don't have many of those today. We have evangelists. We know what evangelists are. God has given them a burden for lost souls, and their message goes out to win the lost. Pastors is what God has set over individual churches to lead and minister to the people. And then you have teachers. We've got to have teachers to know the Word of God, to teach the Word of God, explain the Word of God. All of these are important to the body of Christ, if you look at verse 12, for the perfecting of the saints. Now, what, what does this word mean, for the perfecting of the saints? It means for you to be mature, for you to grow up, to become mature in the things of God. Some of you need to get off the milk bottle and get into the meat of the Word of God. For the perfecting of the saints, for what? What did he say? For the work of the ministry. It's not only the preacher's job to work in the ministry, but it is, the work, it is the job of the preacher to get you ready for the ministry. You come into contact with people that I don't. And you can minister a word if you're in the word yourself and your relationship with Christ is as it ought to be. You can minister and give a word, speak a word into the lives of other people and minister to their needs. 
for the edifying of the body of Christ, verse 13, till we all come into the unity of the faith. Unity of the faith. Paul used that term, the faith. He always was referring to Jesus Christ, who he is, and what he did on Calvary's cross. That is the faith. Now look, we have a mindset in the church today that we all need to pull together and unify as one body of Christ. Now that sounds good, but if a church does not believe in Jesus Christ and what he did on Calvary, there can be no unity. And there was a time in our great country when all the churches had Christ and him crucified as the foundation of the church. We've gotten away from that now. Till we all come into the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure and the stature of Christ. Again, that speaks of maturity. A preacher who will preach and teach the Word of God to help bring you up to being a mature Christian. What God wants you to be. Then he went on to say, verse 14, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with what? Every wind of doctrine. By the slight of man and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. False doctrine deceives. False doctrine deceives. But speaking the love in truth. Verse 15. Speaking the love in truth. Love demands that the truth be told. And love demands that sin be addressed. Sin has to be addressed. If the preacher you're listening to does not address sin but ignores it, either he does not believe what this book says, or he don't love you. But speak the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ." To be as we ought to be, sin has to be addressed. And God's solution to sin has to be given to the people, which means the cross of Christ has to be preached. And not only just what he did, but what it's for. See, we've got a lot of preachers today who will talk about the love of God. And God loves everybody, and Jesus died on Calvary. But that's as far as they go with it. The sin issue goes ignored altogether. But sin has to be addressed. And when you, when you address sin, when you tell the truth, you're going to make enemies. The Apostle Paul told the church at Galatians, Dana, if you will put it up on the screen, Galatians 5 verse 4. He told the church at Galatia that church at Galatia had a problem. They had false teachers coming in behind Paul who were saying Paul didn't know what he was talking about and you've got to be circumcised to be saved. You've got to keep the feast days to be saved. 
and 101 other different things that you can add. You've got to keep the law in order to be saved. And Paul said, Christ is become of no effect unto you. Whosoever you are are justified by the law. You are fallen from grace. Then he said in Galatians 4 and verse 16, he said, Am I become your enemy? Because I tell you the truth. People don't want to hear the truth. Don't want to deal with the truth. But Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. That is the truth. Well, Brother James, when you tell the Muslims that, that offends them. I can't help that. I'm not trimming the message because it might hurt somebody's feelings. But when you tell the truth, it'll make enemies. And John made enemies. He told them, Matthew 3, verse 7. He saw the Pharisees and the Sadducees. They came to his baptism. And John said, you snakes and vipers. That's what he called them. Now, now let's look at that for a minute. He called them a bunch of vipers. A bunch of snakes. Now, there are some who would look at this and say, Now, Brother James, he won't address them in love. Why did he address these folks the way he did, Brother James? He could have been a little nicer to them than he was. I'll tell you why. First of all, John was led of the Holy Spirit to say what he said. Okay, that's number one. Number two, I know from experience, everybody's different. Not everybody's cut from the same piece of cloth. There are some people... They need to be nailed to the wall. They need a hard word to get their attention and bring them in. Others, it don't take a hard word. But it's being led of the Holy Spirit. And these folks, God need to get hold of their attention. He called them a bunch of snakes. He called them a bunch of vipers because of the poison that was coming out of their mouths and deceiving the people. What are you saying, Brother James? I'm, I, I, I'm trying to tell you this, and I'm not, I'm not doing it good. So let me just go ahead and just spill it out. Church can be the most dangerous place that you can go. <gasps> Say it again. Church can be the most dangerous place that you can go to. When you talk to somebody and you ask them, are you saved? And they say, I go to church. Understand this, church can be a dangerous place, especially if that preacher's a snake and he's preaching poison to the people. He won't shell it down and tell it like it is. According to what the Word of God says, he does not deal with sin. He does not deal with Jesus dying on Calvary. He will not say that Jesus is the only way. You're listening to poison. And you need to get out of that church. Poison. He called them out. He pointed them out so that all the other people standing around that day would know this man right here that's dressed in his nice fancy robe, that's a snake, that's a viper, and I don't need to be listening to him. You have to identify false doctrine. And you have to identify the ones who are preaching it and teaching it. 
That's what a preacher's supposed to do. I have to warn you of false doctrine. And I don't enjoy doing it. See, the Apostle Paul said, Dana, if you will pull it up, Romans 16, verses 17 and 18. Romans 16, verse 17. Now I beseech you, brethren, mark them. Mark them which cause divisions and offenses. Catch this. Contrary to the doctrine which you have learned. He said, avoid them, verse 18, for they that are such serve not our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly, and by good works and fair speeches, look at that, deceive the hearts of the simple. Mark them and avoid them. I I don't get a kick out of telling you you don't need to be listening to Joel Osteen. I don't get a kick out of having to stand up here and tell you to leave Rick Warren and all of his books and writings alone. I don't get a kick out of telling you to leave Joseph Prince and his doctrine on, on super grace or whatever you want to call it making the rounds nowadays. Hyper grace movement. I don't get a thrill out of telling you you need to be careful of this so-called Christian programming that comes over your television today and these movies today like the shack telling you to stay away from stuff like that. See, and I know I make enemies when I tell you to leave the Christian rap so-called alone. I, I know I don't get any friends when I say that and they're not people banging on the doors and filling the pews when I say this stuff, but I'm telling you the truth. And the truth, if you listen to it, will set you free. Preach the truth in love. Now, John preached that judgment was coming. He said, Matthew 3, verse 7, Who has warned you to flee from the wrath to come. Verse 10, he said, Now also the axe is laid at the root of the trees, and every tree that bringeth forth not good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. The axe head of judgment was raised in a poised position, about to come down and cut off at any moment. Now I want to look at that for just a moment. Because that axe head of judgment is raised over every single human being alive right now. That axe head of judgment. What are you talking about, Brother James? The axe head of judgment coming down, cutting off. It speaks of death and dying. The Bible tells us, Hebrews 9, 27, It is appointed unto man once to die, and after this, the judgment. As it pertains to a Christian, I believe that a Christian can do things and judgment come down upon them and they die early. Apostle Paul talked about it. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, talking about the Lord's Supper. There were some in in the church that were not properly discerning the Lord's body, and he said there in 
1 Corinthians 11, verse 30, he said, There are many weak and sickly among you, and many sleep, many have died. Because they're not properly discerning the Lord's body. And I believe a Christian can die an early death. That axe head of judgment can come down soon because of certain things. I believe the axe head of judgment comes down on the wicked every day. But let me remind you of this. The handle of the axe head of judgment is held only in the hand of God. You don't hold that axe head of judgment. Only God holds that axe head of judgment. And He has far more knowledge of things than you and I do. And I truly believe there comes a time when God said enough is enough. And that axe head of judgment comes down. It is appointed unto man once to die. After this, the judgment. There are two judgments in the Scripture. There's the judgment seat of Christ, where you and I will stand before the Lord Jesus Christ and give an account of the works that we've done. You can find that in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. You also find the great white throne judgment that's in Revelation chapter 20 verses 11 through 15. That's where all the ungodly will come and stand before God one day. And they will be judged out of the things that are written in the books. And whosoever was not found written, their name was not found written in the Lamb's book of life. And they will cast into the lake of fire. Two judgments. What judgment will you stand at? All right. John said, Matthew chapter 3, verse 8, Bring forth fruit, meat for repentance. Bring forth some evidence of your salvation. You sit here today and you say, Brother James, I'm going to stand at the judgment seat of Christ. Well, where's the fruit? If you were on trial for being a Christian... Would they find enough evidence to get a conviction? Back years ago, there was a commercial where the lady got her hamburger. And she opened it up and she looked in there and she said, well, where's the beef? You say you're a Christian, but where's the beef? Where's the evidence of being a Christian? Where's it at? He said, bring forth fruit, meat for repentance. And don't say you have Abraham to your father. God's able of these stones to raise up children unto Abraham. The axe head of judgment. I believe it comes down upon an individual. I believe it also comes down upon a nation as well. Israel did not accept Jesus Christ as her Messiah. And in 70 A.D., that axe head of judgment came down. And the Jews, millions of them were killed, hung on crosses, put in the gladiatorial arenas to be torn apart by wild animals. Many of them were put out in the deserts to be left there to starve to death. And they were scattered all over the world. That axe head of judgment came down in 70 AD. Jerusalem was destroyed. The temple was destroyed. Not one stone was left upon another. John the Baptist preached that a judgment was coming. 
not only to an individual, but to a nation that has rejected God. And I stand here today and I don't say it with any joy. But there's judgment coming to our nation, America, because of the sin that's in our nation. If God does not judge this nation for its sin of homosexuality and the murder of little innocent babies, God will have to apologize to Sodom and Gomorrah. And let me close with this. John preached that a judgment was coming. There is a judgment that is upon the church. Romans chapter 11, verses 21, verses uh, 22. And the warning to the church today is this. If God spared not the natural branches, speaking of Israel, take heed, lest he also spare not you. Behold, therefore, the goodness and the severity of God on them which fail severity, speaking of Israel, but toward thee goodness, if thou continue in his goodness, otherwise thou also shall be cut off. What does that mean? It simply means this. If the church goes the same way that Israel of old went, which was going about to establish her own righteousness outside of Jesus Christ, and the church today is doing exactly that. He said, then you will be cut off. Judgment, the axe head of judgment coming down. Then the church will be cut off exactly as Israel of old was cut off. program today has been a blessing to you and you would like to have a free CD copy of this message, just give us a call or text us at 252-299-4234. You can also go to establishedinthefaith.com. There you will find today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. But perhaps you need someone to just talk to or to just pray with you about something. Again, just give us a call at 252 252- Two nine nine four two three four. This program is an outreach ministry of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. As well, depends on the prayerful and generous financial support of listeners like you. To contact us or to contribute to this ministry, go to establishedinthefaith.com. Click on the Donate tab. It's easy and all donations are safe and secure through PayPal. You can also mail us at Established in the Faith, P.O. Box 601, Bailey, North Carolina, 27807. We look forward to hearing from you. I'm Haven. And I'm Juliana. And you've been listening to Established in the Faith with our dad, James Pierce. He's the pastor of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. We have Sunday school every Sunday morning at 945 and worship service at 11, as well as prayer meeting and Bible study every Wednesday night at 730. Go to establishinthefaith.com and click on the events tab for gospel singings and other special services. That's right, Jules. And the church is located at 744 Friendship Church Road in Middlesex, North Carolina, near the EMET community. On the website, if you click on the Contact Us tab, Google Maps will bring you right to us. We would love to have you, and we hope to see you there. And we hope today's program has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening, and God bless you. (music) 